David wrote this psalm when he was in the desert, which means he was probably thirsty when he wrote it. It says, you, God, are my God. Earnestly I seek you. I thirst for you. My whole being longs for you in a dry and parched land where there is no water. I have seen you in the sanctuary and beheld your power and your glory because your love is better than life. My lips will glorify you. I will praise you as long as I live and in your name I will lift up my hands. I will be fully satisfied as with the richest of foods. With singing lips my mouth will praise you. On my bed, I remember you. I think of you through the watches of the night because you are my help. I sing in the shadow of your wings. I cling to you. Your right hand upholds me. David is thirsting for God, longing for his presence. He knows that God alone can satisfy him. And I just want to encourage all of us to meditate on this psalm this week with our household, with our small group, because it gets right to the core of what it is that ignites spiritual renewal, namely a deep thirst and longing to be with God and experience his presence and behold his beauty and be satisfied in him. Well, I want to invite our panelists to come forward. I thought that uh, the best way to wrap up this journey, come on up, friends, um, is, is to invite people of different ages and stages of life to share how each of you is endeavoring to build a life with God and perhaps hear uh, maybe some of your challenges and how God is meeting you and changing you in that process. So... I've been looking forward to this. This is going to be a lot of fun. Um, we've got five panelists up here. I've got a bunch of questions. You're not going to answer all the questions, but we'd love to hear from each of you at least a couple times while we're up here. And we're going to dive right in. My first question is, what spiritual habit is helping you to experience God and abundant life right now? And I just want to remind you, share your name with us the first time you speak. But what, what spiritual habit is helping you to experience God and abundant life right now? And make sure that's turned on. I'm Betsy Bossman. And um, Lent is a great time to uh, try a new devotion because it's 40 days and you can experiment with something. So I tried something new this year. One of our missionaries in, in Colorado actually sent me this thing called 40 Days, 40 Miles, 40 questions. Hmm. And uh, so that was intriguing. I like to walk and, and pray and, and be with God. And so I, I, took, I took this up for my practice for Lent. And um, the question for today was, what would it mean and look like to live a more resurrected life? So not a simple question, something you have to think about, and nothing I would come up with myself, for sure. Maybe a spiritual director would have a question for you like this. But anyway, it, it's brought me into new, new places, new thoughts, and uh, some stuff to journal about. Cool. Um, during the season, um, I've been focusing on silence and solitude. And that can be 
really daunting of a task. Um, I started um, as a teenager going to quiet day retreats um, with my mom. Um, and as a teenager, I would come with like this Mary Poppins-sized bag of stuff to entertain myself with during times of quiet. Um, and last weekend, I had the joy of joining a number of college church people um, in Worcester for another one. Um, and during this one, I arrived with nothing, like no bags of stuff, um, and just arrived to um, just see what God had in store for me. Um, and uh, we had a few weeks back during one, a moment of silence as part of the uh, service. Um, and you can tell like silence is really uncomfortable, like people start to fidget, we don't know what to do with ourselves. Um, and then in other times, like I found myself like, just longing for more silence um, and being able to be like, all right, I wanna find times to have this for longer and push into that. Um, and you can, you don't have to be still in that. I like to play with a little Play-Doh or uh, have a piece of paper that if I have a roaming thought, like put it down to come back to later. Or um, Betsy has given me permission uh, during our times that you can just take a nap and that's okay. Mm. Thanks, Naomi. Um, my name is John Corrigan. Uh, <clears throat> one of the things that is the most helpful spiritual rhythm for me uh, is confession. Uh, so I often when I think of myself, think way too highly of myself or think way too poorly of myself, that I swing from prideful to condemnation uh, and my day is just filled with a lot of pressure. Uh, and so to be able to recognize reality for what it is, for me, for who I am, to be able to come before the Lord who like loves me and forgives me of every sin, that confession just frees me from the pressure that I place on myself. Mm frees me up to love him and to love those around me. Uh, Beautiful. Oh, thank you guys. Really different answers and practices, but all really life-giving. Um, so here's my next question. In what ways are you learning to embrace your limits? And what impact is that having on you? Well, I'm Joe Pouliot here. Um, this is an interesting question for me in particular. I, uh, I am a notorious... Yes, man. Um, I have prided myself on saying yes to almost everything and anything, any new opportunity, any new commitment, any new adventure. Um, and yeah, I, I've always pushed these limits. I, I've always longed to push limits. And if my mother was here, she would also attest to this. Um, and I've found in that, that extension, that pushing, that, um, yeah, something needed to change. Um, so one of the things that I have embraced, um, or I would say I'm learning to embrace, is the ability to say no. Um, and sometimes that's no to good things. Sometimes it's no to things that I want to say yes to. And it's no to things that I have said yes to. Um, and I think the, the, this place of saying yes for me is a place, sometimes it comes from a place of not wanting to let people down. Sometimes it comes from a place of seeking approval and validation from people. And sometimes it comes from a place of just like a, this in, uh, nagging, insatiable curiosity that I have to see how things might play out. <clears throat> um, so now as I'm learning to say no, it's like now I'm learning to risk letting people down. Now I'm learning to risk yeah, 
disappointing other people, but it's creating space. It's creating space for me to lean into the priorities that God might have for me right now. It's, it's helping me lean into deeper truths or deeper meaning behind like what freedom in Christ really means. Um, now for what impact that's had on me, that that's, I would love to tell you that my soul has been bubbling over in abundancy and uh, abundant life, but uh, it's been really hard. I've wrestled with a lot of guilt. I've wrestled with anxiety, um, sadness, and uh, it has been, it's been difficult, but I've also found rest, and I found relief, and I found solace in the practice of releasing, um, and that has been beautiful. Um, and I think it's had an impractical impact on my family and the intimacy we share and the intimacy that I've been able to experience with the Lord right now. Um, so, yeah. Cool. Um, I originally said I was going to answer this question, and then I tried to get out of it because I realized this week I used to think that I was really good at embracing my limits, and uh, this week I realized I was not. Um, and so I was like, oh, well, I don't really feel like I have a lot of wisdom to share on that because I am bad at it. Um, but maybe me being bad at it will give some insight to you as well. Um, <laughs> But yeah, so I used to, I, in my, the role of my, in my family, like I was always like the no person of like other people would be like the more exciting like idea people and be like, no, we, we can't do that. And I was like, oh, that's embracing limits. Um, but in actuality, I found um, in, since my job involves a lot of service kinds of things, um, it's really easy to just say yes because everything feels so big and important. Um, and so it feels like you have to say yes to everything. Um, and I'm really bad at delegating um, tasks. Um, and so that just leads to being really exhausted um, and uh, can lead to a lot of resentment of like, well, other people didn't plan. And so I have to step into the gap. Um, and always uh, going around life as if you're filling in gaps. Um, is not uh, really leading to abundance. Um, and so I've been trying to push into having my no's um, protect my yeses. So that way, um, by saying no, I'm showing up more fully and more intentionally to the things that I'm saying yes for, rather than just showing up part way for a whole lot of things. Um, and seeing that by not embracing my limits um, in other times, it was really doing a disservice to myself, but also the people that I'm in relationship with, um, because I was not leaving room for them to step in and be in relationship with me if I'm always trying to do everything for myself, um, and not being vulnerable with people and letting them serve me um, as we just sang about, um, and seeing how that has been really beautiful and see how that, um, how people in my life have done that really well and seeing that not as a weakness of people not planning enough and there, um, then as a result, I have to step in and like save the day, like, um, kind of mode, but, um, seeing, uh, the asking for help in embracing your limits, being a call to deeper relationship with folks, um, and that that has taken a lot of preparedness 
and that way they are leaving openings for um, people to step in um, and love them and get to know them better. We can be in richer relationship with one another through our limits um, rather than just being a little island on your own. It's a lot of wisdom from a 20-something. <laughs> Thank you, Naomi. All right, this is, this is, a, this is, a, this is an interesting question. I'm, I'm, I'm eager to see what happens here. Different seasons of life bring about different challenges. For instance, parents of young children are often swallowed up by chaos and chronically exhausted. Uh, caregivers often feel depleted and isolated. Intense seasons of work or study, grief and loss, injury and illness, all these things can bring, bring really unique challenges to our relationship with God. So talk about a specific way that God has met you, or maybe is even meeting you right now, uh, in a particularly challenging season. And what kind of rope is God throwing you to sustain you in the blizzards of life? Yeah, thanks for asking that one, Bill. Um, <clears throat> yeah, it's been a hard year for me. Uh, there's been a lot uh, that has kind of piled up. Uh, and so even like right now, I feel a little sad, a little overwhelmed, uh, just kind of looking back at it. Um, and uh, something for me is that I mentioned, like, I don't really like to see things clearly for what they are. Like, I, I want to pretend like it's not that hard. Uh, like, everything's okay. Throw like a spiritual wash over it of like, God's in control. Everything's great. Like, move forward, press in. Uh, and just like grief, sadness. Uh, are very foreign to just how I've engaged with the Lord. Um, and so it's just been very uh, historically just kind of washing over the ways that the Lord intimately meets me in what I'm going through. So the first thing is just that, that aspect of his presence in the midst of sorrow and hardship. Um, I actually am grateful in a lot of what I've experienced like, I think it actually draws me closer to the Lord and gives me a longing for eternity where it's like, man, I can't wait for heaven to be free of the pain and the suffering, to be free of like my own personal suffering that I cause on myself. Um, and from that also, it makes me think of like, oh, if I long so much for heaven and like for an eternity where I'm free of this, like, God, where's my longing for your kingdom to come on earth right now as it is in heaven? Uh, and to see how you could be working in the, mo uh, in the midst of this. Um, which brings me to the aspect of seeing how much God actually cares about like me and my growth as a man, of like the man that God is shaping me to be in and throughout this season of hardship like is very valuable to him. Mm -hmm. Whereas I used to view it as like, how do I just solve all these problems, get through this hardship? Mm -hmm. um, and I'm thankful for his patience for me in the midst of this. Uh, I am slow to grow. I still don't want to deal with my emotions. It's still hard. I want to just do things and stay busy and be entertained, like numb feelings of sadness. Uh, yet he is patiently, like always there being like, John, come, like, come talk to me. Like, you know, there's things beneath the surface that you want to deal with with me. You want to come and find healing for. Uh, and so that's been a sweet way that he's really met me in this. Mm. Thank you, John. Did anyone else want to speak to that? I'd just like to say quickly that those of you that are older, this is um, a blessing because we can't do as much. 
we need more rest. We walk more slowly. Sometimes we have accidents. And it is good because it is reality. We are creatures. We are not the boss. We are free to be who we were made to be, which is not perfect or knowing everything or getting everything right. It's okay. We are loved. And when you get old, why? It, it comes more clear. <laughs> and it's a gift to have those experiences early in life that force you to reckon with that truth, isn't it? John, I just so appreciate how you held not only the, the, the promise of God's presence and ability to redeem hard things, but also just that lament and hope are often two sides of the same coin. Mm -hmm. uh, and, 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 they're, and they're really close to each other. Yeah, and they feed off of each other. It's beautiful. Um, presence is such an integral part of abundant life. How are you learning to be more present to God, to others, to yourself? Uh, what obstacles have you had to remove in order to become more present? And how is practicing the presence changing you? Hello, I'm Ashley Murphy. Um, I really appreciated your vulnerable sharing, John, because um, it takes a lot of courage, I think, to pause and get real with what's actually going on with yourself and your circumstances. Um, and that's something that I've been practicing for a long time. Um, presence really is just paying attention to what is right here, right now. Uh, I'm practicing it right now as I'm sitting before this large group of people, many of whom I don't know. Um, and I'm feeling my feet in my shoes. And I am noticing the breath going in my nose and filling up my belly and exhaling through my mouth slowly. And God has given us the gift of the breath of life. Uh, he breathed life into us. And so one of the ways that I practice presence is by focusing on my breath when I find my mind going all sorts of places. Um, I've spent many years sitting with another human, um, another person who's a witness to my story, my experiences, what's going on mentally for me, my thought life, uh, my circumstances. And that's been immensely helpful to me to um, accept what is here right now and then also equip me with what to do with that. Um, anxiety has been pretty much a, a constant companion of mine, and I think it is for a lot of humans. I think it's, it's part of the way that our nervous system is designed, but sometimes it takes over. Um, so practicing presence, practicing mindfulness, which is just awareness of my thoughts, um, and awareness of the fact that I am not my thoughts. We are not our thoughts. Our thoughts are real, but they're just a part of the human experience, and they don't always lead us towards a life that we want to live, a life that God has designed for us. They are not always true, and they're not always helpful. Um, so practicing sitting and being still with what is um, has really helped me, and I like the image of a snow globe. If you think of like your mental life as a snow globe, and you shake it up, and there's snow flying everywhere, and you can't really see the scene very clearly. If you just sit and watch the snow gently fall, and it helps bring clarity, and I think it helps bring some discernment to uh, what is real and what is true, and 
the kind of person that I want to be, the kind of person that God is calling me to be. So that's something I've been practicing. Yeah, um, <laughs> this is actually one of the more challenging ones for me, that when I think of all the ways that I like could experience more of God's presence or people's presence or presence with myself, the list just becomes overwhelming of what I'm not doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's been cool to reflect on this and see like, oh, the Lord actually has given me some sweet ways to connect with him, myself, and others. Um, so even just, just with, with God, uh, one of the coolest things that I've seen is just really reserving my car as a space to connect with him. Mm. Um, so for me, there's a lot of times where I'm meeting people in different places throughout the day. Uh, and it's just a great transition period mm-hmm. uh, where, though I do want to just shut my mind off, listen to some country music or w- whatever, uh, instead, like, it's a place to really stop and, and pray, mm. to engage with Jesus, to throw some worship music on uh, throughout the day. Um, and then... I would say that like one of the other things that has really helped me to, I think, be more present with, with people, uh, and this has been a long-term thing for me, is just getting off of social media uh, that like I just don't really check it or have it. And so I find that I'm looking a lot less at my phone when I'm around people, uh, which allows me to be a lot more present with them. Um, so that's been sweet. And then probably the most helpful thing lately for me, uh, just especially when it's like, I don't fully know how I'm doing most of the time. Mm -hmm. And when someone that I know actually cares about me asks me like, John, how are you doing? That I'll actually ask them like, can you give me a second to think about that? Mm -hmm. Uh, And actually stopping and thinking like, how am I doing, Lord? What am I experiencing right now? Like this person actually loves me and wants to know how I'm doing. Uh, which allows me to like engage with them, engage with the Lord, engage with myself. Um, and that's been really cool uh, to be able to just stop and share with them vulnerably. Like, yeah, it's been a hard day. Uh, like, I haven't wanted to talk to God all day. I haven't wanted to talk to people, but I'm here. I want to talk to you now. Like, I want to talk to God. Um, and then the last thing, I'm thankful that my job just has this built in, that I get to just ask college students all the time, like, how are you experiencing Jesus lately? Like, I'd love to hear what God's doing in your life. Mm. And that even forces me, as I ask them that question, I'm like, huh, what's he doing in my life? Like, what are you up to, God? Wait. Uh, and so even if, like, I'd even encourage if any of you, like, meet with people to ask others that question, mm. to engaging in other people to be present, to hear, like, how's God at work in your life? I think even strengthens us spiritually to become more and more aware of how he's at work in our life, in my life. There's a reason Jesus asked so many questions, right? Hey, do you guys think it's possible to have a shared rule of life, to actually practice spiritual habits with other people? Um, So if you didn't know before, um, Hadam and I have known each other quite a long time (laughs) at this point. Um, And we've worked together um, outside of college church as well. Um, And a number of years ago, we were working together and we were going through the book, uh, Celebration of Discipline. Mm -hmm. I'm blanking on the author. Who's the author of Celebration um, of Discipline? Oh, that's Richard Foster. Richard Foster, great book, recommend. Um, And as we were reading this book together, um, if you're familiar that the book is broken up 
each chapter uh, focuses on a different discipline. And we found, as we were reading this book together, that the disciplines that I felt naturally drawn to and felt like, oh yeah, this is familiar, this feels like a natural rhythm to me, um, Hadam would stop being like, that sounds awful. Like, I would not, I, that's not for me. And the next chapter we'd get to, and she would share um, really beautifully about her experiences um, of how she worships and her rhythms. And she'd be like, this is how I experience God, and this is my discipline. And then it would be my turn to be like, that is not how I do that. <laughs> um, and through going through this book together, we found that it was a beautiful um, opportunity to, to learn more about how someone else experiences and worships God, what disciplines um, they use, um, and how God was meeting them. Um, and it was just a great way to see the image of God reflected in other people and how God meets us and uses things um, differently to meet you exactly how you need to. Um, and uh, it helped deepen my relationship and understanding of how I could be a better friend to her. Mm. It expanded how I saw God and how I might try different disciplines that originally felt uncomfortable um, and was really beautiful. So uh, to me, it was less of a sharing the, the same rules or to-do lists or disciplines of this is what I need to do to experience God. This is how I can be more disciplined, um, but leaving space to have a more um, abundant view of, of God and how other people experience him and how I can try different ways um, outside of my limited past experience of how to um, show up and worship. Um, when we, a few of us got together to talk about the trellis idea and the sermon series and that small group, what is it, five or six of us, I don't know, was so nourishing, was so enlivening, so encouraging to me. So yes, people can share about these things. Now maybe we don't all have the same disciplines or the same structure to our way of life with God, but um, being together with that group, and you know, it w wasn't people that I meet with regularly, you know, familiar people, but not my best friends in the church, and yet it was, it was just delightful. And so I would like to say that if anyone is interested in sharing about these things or in, in just talking together and praying for each other maybe, I'd love to do that. This question has kind of stumped me because um, it's like a favorites question almost. Like, what's your favorite this? What's your favorite that? Like, what's the one way? What's the one rule we could have? And these questions are as challenging for me. But as I really thought about this, I thought, you know, God's love is. It's all around us. It's here. And can we find a way to tap into that? And, and what is that? And that is going to look different for all of us. Um, and it's going to look different in different seasons of life. I know it definitely has in mine. Um, so, so I think that's, that would be my one rule. It's like tap into God's love and, and find out how that works for you right now in this season of your life and give yourself permission for that to change as you change. All right, this is my last question, and, and I think we kind of need this question. Um, often we... 
you know, we, we develop a plan, we set a goal, we're like, I'm gonna do this, and then like by Tuesday, we've fallen off the wagon, right? And, and so what encouragement would you offer to, to any of us who might be like, yeah, I've got like this litany of experiences of failure when I don't follow through like I had hoped to. Uh, what encouragement would you offer us? Yeah, this question actually is, as a, as a recovering perfectionist, this is a really great question. Um, and I'm excited to be the one to answer it. Um, <laughs> So we've heard this word rule of life, and some, for some of it's, us it's new, and for some of us it's like a reevaluation time as we've gone through this series with Pastor Bill and as a church family. Um, eight years ago, I made my first rule of life, and as a very diligent stud student, and I took all the, gathered all the info of the, the best saints that I could find, and I wrote this miraculous um, rule of life that I would attain to and, and reach the highest heavens, <laughs> and, and just absolutely just failed so miserably at it um, in so many ways. But, but I use that word loosely. And um, it, the, it, now on top of my, the quote that sits on top of my rule of life now is a quote by St. Benedict that says, even when we fail, always we begin again. Even when we fail, always we begin again. And so my trellis has needed a lot of reevaluating over the years and a lot of, of changes and tweaks. And you've heard this word used tonight, but like the one thing that I wanted to, to share, especially in this encouragement, was the word seasons. Life is a, is, a, is a collection of seasons, and our seasons change. Our circumstances change. Um, our roles and responsibilities in life change. Our hearts change over the years. And seasons, if we remember this, it allows us, or helps us at least, to um, be gentle with ourselves mm -hmm. and understand that God is gentle with us as we go. Um, and what, may, what practice may work in this season may not be for that season. And what works in that season may not be for this season. Um, Pastor Bill shared uh, last week or a couple weeks ago about journaling. He said, I, I've tried this, I've tried this practice. I can't. It's not, it's not for me. But he has other practices that lead him towards an abundant life. You know, it's not a ma matter of success or failure. It's just like, hey, I tried this. It didn't fit. Um, I, one of my big things at one point was to pray the last 15 minutes of every day. I was like, oh, this is great. So I started jumping into bed, got nice and comfy, cozy, closed my eyes, to, started my prayer, took one big breath, and in 30 seconds, I was gone. I was... Somewhere, and I would wake up, you know, either the middle of the night or the morning and be like, oh, well, well that, was, that was some prayer, God, okay? Yeah. <laughs> um, so, but the, but, so the, the picture, I guess, that I, the best picture I could paint is like a child learning to walk. You know, as parents, we don't get angry. You don't get angry as you watch your child, like, wobbly leg, hobbling around and then, like, taking a step or two or three and then falling down, we actually like celebrate it. We're like, woo, three today, that's awesome. Yeah. And, yeah. and I think we need to change our mindsets as we go and as we're on this journey that, that God is rejoicing in our stumbling as well. He's watching us wobbly walk through this and he's celebrating as we stumble through. And that's not the way we normally think about it. 
There is no fail in this. There is no fail. Every moment, every season, every practice is an opportunity for us to learn more about ourselves and learn more about our God. And that is the path. That is the way to the abundant life that we've been talking about. So even when we fail, always we begin again. Yeah. Amen. Good word, Joe. Betsy, would you offer us an encouragement and a prayer? I could not say anything more than you said, Joe. That was wonderful. Thank you. Thank you for that. Um, I wanted to let you all know about a resource that helped me so much, a library book called The Critical Journey in the College Church Library, and it's about stages of the Christian life. So a few years ago, a while ago, you know, the kids are all grown up and my life is settling down and I'm getting bored, frustrated, and cynical and thinking, oh no, I'm losing my faith. You know, I was really kind of getting, I was worried about that. And uh, so um, through other circumstances, I heard about this book and read it and realized that I was hitting the wall at the end of one stage of my spiritual growth and God was inviting me. These negative feelings that I attributed to my own lack of attention and boredom and no discipline and so on, were actually God saying, come on, come closer, come in, try something new. And um, I, I just thinking about some of us talking about we had a bad time and then we felt guilty. We felt bad as though we had done something wrong, but God always loves us and is always right here just waiting for us to make the turn and, and uh, be with us. So just to encourage you to... Um, uh, maybe look at your spiritual life a little more objectively and realize God might be inviting you yeah, and not uh, condemning you. So, Would you pray for us, Betsy? Yes, I will. So this prayer ends with a collect or short prayer from the Book of Common Prayer for the season of Lent. God, you said, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore, I have drawn you with loving kindness. We praise you today that you take the initiative with us, that you so desire a relationship with us that you have approached us first in many ways. You have come in person in Jesus the Messiah. He is the image of the invisible God. If we've seen him, we've seen the Father. Praise to you, Jesus, that you took on our flesh in order to come close to us and also to lay down that body in order to do away with sin and open a way for us to come to God. Father, you've also revealed yourself in the word, the Holy Scriptures. If we did not have this written account of your works and character, we would be lost and ignorant. But you have brought light to us through the word. You also demonstrate your character and what you have created. We bless you for the beauty of the world around us and for how it impacts us and lifts our spirits. Truly, you are a generous and gracious God, and you have compassion on us. You come to us in all these ways. Truly, you are love. Oh, Holy Spirit, the one abiding within us, catch us in our hurry and self-absorption, and draw us into God's presence. Give us listening ears, the ears of a disciple. Almighty God, 
you alone can bring into order the unruly wills and affections of sinners. Grant your people grace to love what you command and to desire what you promise, that among the swift and varied changes of this world, our hearts may surely there be fixed where true joys are to be found. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Amen.